I'm Margie Alaniz, and this is Farm Her Talks, thoughtful conversations to connect and inspire the farm her in all of us. As you've heard me say before, everybody eats and all food starts at the farm. This episode is sponsored by Nationwide. So as the number of people in agriculture grows smaller, but the footprint to feed grows larger, it is imperative that people within the agriculture industry put themselves out there and take on leadership roles. Today, we're gonna be talking to farmer Sue Tronchetti, who wears all of the different hats, from farmer to small business owner and leader on a variety of boards. Sue has put a lot of time and effort into helping lead many different parts of this industry. While these aren't always the parts of agriculture that we see when we look at the crops growing in the field or the food that makes it to our plate, they are imperative. In a discussion about women in leadership, which is a discussion that we love to have on our regular basis here at Farm Her, we are going to be talking with Sue Tronchetti. And Sue is a fellow Iowan, not too far down the road from me, but she is a farmer and she has um, held many leadership roles within the agriculture industry, a really broad range. And so I'm very, very excited to talk with Sue today. So Sue, welcome to Farm Her Talks. Thank you, Marty. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's uh, jump in and learn just a little bit about you to set the stage for everybody. Can you tell me a little bit about your background as it relates to agriculture? So did you grow up on a farm? Uh, maybe maybe you married into it like many people do, uh, or or purchased a farm. So w- what has your experience been? Well, a little bit of all three. I was raised on a corn and cattle farm down in Madison County, active in 4-H as a youth. Went to Iowa State, uh, studied ag business and farm management when there were maybe five women in the program at the time. Um, Met my husband at Iowa State and and married him. He's a farmer, and we moved to Greene County. And over the years, we have continued to purchase land and grow our farm. Wonderful, wonderful. So for anybody who isn't familiar with Iowa, I'm, I'm kind of smack right in the middle of Iowa. Uh, we're, we're in like Dallas County, actually. And uh, so Sue grew up just south of here and now farms just north of here. So you, you went from south to north a little bit here in Iowa. Um, so that that is a, a great place to be, right? Agriculture in Iowa and, and engaged in it in so many different ways. Um, you said you were in 4-H when you were a kid. Did you have something specific that you loved about 4-H? Oh, um, gosh. The friendships, of course. Um, the citizenship uh, trip to Washington, D.C. Yeah. I showed cattle. Okay. Loved loved the cattle part of it. So Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, the the kids who had the ability to show livestock through 4-H, it seems like they've just forged connections and, and really were able to to engage in that in a really cool way. And and I think that 4-H is paramount to, to so many different leadership skills, you know, that we all gain uh, through our time there. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, too. So talking a little bit more about what your life um, has looked like, I know you outlined that you went to Iowa State and you had an agricultural degree. Um, what what did your path look like after that? I know farming has been a part of it, but can you talk to me a little bit about some of the professional roles you've been in? Uh, yes. So when I married a farmer, I knew I was going back to 
a certain locale. So when it came time to search for jobs, it it was called knocking on doors. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, I ended up being offered a job opportunity with West Central Cooperative, and I became their grain merchandiser. And uh, that was a really fun and challenging career. Mm-hmm. So um, very fast-paced, very people-oriented, but number-oriented as well. Yep. And um, at the time that I was offered that position, there was no position open. But the gentleman that interviewed me uh, was the manager of the co-op, decided it was a good fit. And really, he probably became a lifelong mentor for me Mm -hmm. as I've worked into some other roles and mentioned me for opportunities, that type of thing. So um, great first start out of the university. Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit just about what a grain merchandiser does? I I am not sure that I 100% understand that job. Well, it's it's kind of like a commodity broker, but um, I would watch the grain markets um, as people at the cooperative purchased corn and soybeans from farmers. I would hedge it on the board of trade. Mm-hmm. Then I would take the accumulated grain and have it loaded on trains and and sell the trains, schedule the shipments that type of thing. Yeah. So you're imperative to the members of that co-op for sure. Right. And making sure right. they, they get the most um, out of their grain for sure. Right. Yeah. Yes. And, and many times, you know, you would, a farmer might get me on the phone and say, you know, where are the markets headed? What's, what's happening? So I got to have a little personal relationship with some of the members as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that, that's very interesting. And I can't say I meet a lot of women who I, I know some women who are in the commodities area, but in this area, I just feel like I don't, I don't run across as many women. So I think it's very interesting to learn a little bit about that for sure. Right. Um, so, and oh, go ahead, as, well, as my family grew, um, it is such a high paced and high stress um, job that I did decide to take a couple years off and enjoy my children before I moved on to other parts of my career. So, yeah, well, you know, what is interesting? I've, I've been in that space too, um, where, you know, you throw yourself into, I I would say my first career, right? (laughs) Like, like that first thing that you do and you throw yourself into it and, and you rise up through the ranks there and, and, um, and then, you know, as women, we do have the uh, unique and wonderful ability to be the ones who have the kids, right? And I feel like you can't always separate, or I shouldn't even say can't always, it's really tough to separate that, um, you know, need to, to be there for your family with your need to grow your career as well. And so um, I, I had a similar thing where I was able to kind of pause and figure out what to do next. And that next thing that I did was actually farm her. Um, but, but, you know, I think that there's like some grace that we have to give ourselves and, you know, like a path doesn't have to look one way. And if you need to take a little break and then figure out what you're going to do next, that's okay too. Right. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, when I've had children or other people say, I just don't want to know what I want to do with my life. 
You don't have to. No. I've taken so many different career paths, and they've all been interesting. They've all added value to my life and my career that that I'm I'm really glad that I took those paths. So. Right, right. It is it is a windy path, and you can't pick it out from the beginning. Absolutely, and um, I hope that you know. 20 years in the future for myself. And, and I'm sure you feel the same that I'm, I'm still saying now, what am I going to do? Right. What's next? What's my next career path here? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so talking about the, the different opportunities that you have had, I know that you also have been a part of a seed business through your farm, right? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Right. Um, yes. So after a couple years home with young children, I just needed to get back into the business world and um, had an opportunity to open a seed business, and a pioneer seed business. And with that, I felt like even though it was very different than grain merchandising, it was still a very relationship business. Um, both grain merchandising and seed sales gave me immediate results, either good or bad, <laughs> but they were immediate results. And that was something I found I thrived on yeah. was that and, and that, that relationship with my customer and then building a long-term business and, and having my own business. And, as you know, in that second career, it's never a 40-hour week no. when you're building your own business, but it, it was very satisfying for me. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, I, I couldn't have known that. I couldn't have known that at the time, but absolutely one of the most gratifying and most challenging things that you will ever do um, is, is starting a business and building that business for sure. So uh, you learn a lot about yourself, right? As you maneuver. Oh, through yes. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you do. And, and how you perceive why people do or don't do business with you. You just, you know, it, you just have to move on and say, there's a reason and maybe I need to do this differently or, um, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a continual learning experience. Yeah, a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes a good business owner is if you are continually learning and, and turning those dials, even if it's you, that's part of that dial that needs to be turned. Right. right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, a challenge that I would, I would push anybody who's interested to, to jump into, um, with whatever that type of business is that suits them, because it's, it's something that, um, yeah, you'll just learn so much about yourself. Uh, so Let's see. So those are those are some of the professional pieces that you've had. In addition to being a farm her, you guys uh, operate your own um, farm as well. So um, I also know that you have in your career participated on um, a variety of, of different boards. And is there something specific that led you to kind of go um towards those or was it something like a first experience with a board that you had a good experience or, or what, what, what was it? Well, I believe looking back on it, it was being that business owner with my seed business that gave me the opportunity to be asked to be on my first board. And that was a private bank board. And it was a great learning experience. Um, the, the bank board that I'm still on today, which was my first board, um, has just an incredible business culture. And they thrive to be a great place to work, 
to serve their customer and the community, and they're really important in the community. And I think those things taught me so much watching their business. And still today, I see them grow and thrive and improve every every year. So it's it's really fun to be a part of that. Yeah. And and then from there, you know, once I was on a board there became more opportunities. You know, people sought me out for opportunities. And my second board was uh, to run for the West Central Board of Directors, which was the board I'd been, or the company I'd been a grain merchandiser for. Mm -hmm. And while I ran against an incumbent and never thought I'd get elected, I think the members were familiar with me from my past experience at the company. And I became the first woman on the board and later their first female board chair. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I, I have obviously like you have a board, right? When you start your own uh, business, right? Like you have like this little uh, knowledge of it. I was engaged in, in board activities in, in my prior career as well. But, but I have to think that like, Part, part of me thinks about like if someone approached me and, and I was going to be on a board, which I recently and, and hopefully this comes to fruition, I put my foot out there to be on a board uh, where I think I've got some great value to lend. Uh, so that was a new step for me. Um, and I think it speaks to this, right, of of is it was it intimidating to you? Uh, were you worried about the time that it takes or or the input that you would be able to give um, to really make it worth that organization's time? Is that something you ever worried about? Well, I, I don't, I think I always have more time for something I want to do. Yeah. I think that's my personality, but it was, it was eye opening as being a past employee and then being on the board of directors and being a farmer member how different all those views were and how you had to approach the business model. It, you know, um, as a board member, you're responsible for that company and its actions and yep. and its ability to thrive. So um, the learning curve is huge, I think, for many boards and Part of that is what is so much fun for me yeah. is the uh, challenge of learning, taking past learning and um, experiences and being able to apply that and offer that in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. You ask if I was intimidated. No, I, I probably should have been, but it was a very welcoming board, um, always... I didn't feel like I was the odd woman yeah. on the board. They, yeah. they were, it was a great experience. And I think that's, that's probably one of the keys, right? Is, is you started with your bank and then you moved into the cooperative and, and you always felt like you were part of the group. And so your confidence builds, right? With all of those experiences uh, to be able to broaden yourself out further. Um, but but I, I really it's like a soapbox that I get on so much that that we need women as representation, you know, in this industry. Absolutely. One hundred percent. No culture. No culture is good with anything looking just one way. 
And um, so I, I think it's so important, but um, you know, getting to that point where you, you step out there and, and you put your hand up and you say, yeah, I, I will do that. Or yeah, I can make the space in my life or yeah, I can find the time. And, and on that note, uh, I know you said that you, um, you tend to think you always have the time, which I think is probably a win in, in, in the book of you being able to navigate these things, right? Because it is true. You, you can always find the time if you want to find the time, right? I think so. And along with that comes a supportive spouse, a supportive family. And, you know, because you are taking time away from your business, from your farm, from your family to some degree, and so they have to be willing participants. And thank goodness mine were, and I think I've raised really independent children because they've, you know, they've they've done mom's laundry some days, or, you know, um, yeah, ironed dad's shirts when he had to go somewhere, or dad's ironed their shirts, that type of thing. So yeah, yeah. they're. Hold on, Sue, real quick. I we have an external studio, and I think speaking of kids, I think one of them is trying to come in the door right now. Okay, we just waved him off. It's okay. All right. Uh, It must not have been anything too serious, but (laughs) so uh, speaking of juggling all the hats, right? Um, Right. Yeah, I, I I do think it can be hard at times to to think about how we juggle those things, but I also do believe. Um, firmly that that it's good for kids to to learn some of that independence and to see like you you can do whatever you want you may not win all of it all the time but but you can you can figure it out and support really really does matter in whoever you spend your life with. Um, and I will say I've had um, my youngest daughter say I want to do all those things you know she's seen that I've had some travel or I've met you know, politicians, or I've, you know, had opportunities to talk to certain people. And she says, I want to do all of that. So it's been, it's, while it's taken time away, it's also added value in another way. Absolutely. As an example. I, I, uh, overuse the phrase, if you can see it, you can do it, right? That That's our premise with Farm Her is to, to share the stories of women who are doing things, great things, good things, everyday things, and uh, to um, hear, hear what they do and how they do it and why they do it. And I, I do believe that that opens up paths for someone who's watching or listening to say, yeah, I, I could do that too, right? And sometimes that person who's watching or listening is, you know, our own children. Um, in fact, probably the people who are watching or listening more than we're ever aware of. So true. So true. Okay. So um, I know that you have uh, sat on a Lando Lakes board in the past and um, the other boards that you mentioned as well that you may be on some of those still currently, I think. And you also are a member of the Nationwide Board Council. So can you give me like a little peek inside, like what is asked of you when you join a group like the Nationwide Board Council? Like what is it that you bring to the table there? Well, I wondered that too, Margie, but um, the Nationwide Board Council has just been a wonderful experience. And it is... In some ways, it's an honorary council. Um, 
there, as I got on, it was when I was board chair of, of West Central Cooperative. And so there are board chairs from large cooperatives around the United States, like southern states on the east and south coast, mm-hmm. Alabama farmers, or the California Ag Council. There's State Farm Bureau presidents from eastern and and the Midwest and... Um, so it's it's kind of um, exposure to diverse thoughts and people um, nationwide educates us on risk management or um, like cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. Um, they also expose us to what a good corporate sponsor and, and company they are. Right. And some of the things they support, like the food bank and hospitals and Red Cross and 4-H and FFA, and and that the thing that I have found and liked so much about Nationwide has been their culture and their respect and concern for their employees and the people they insure. And their worry about safety. So uh, it's just been a really fun experience. Um, sometimes I may be asked to um, give um, a talk about, let's say, I think the last thing I talked about was water quality in Iowa and how we're dealing with it, um, which has mm-hmm. just popped up again as, as a very yep. valid concern. So. Yep. Uh, we get into topics like that. Um, yeah, yeah. I th- I think it's wonderful, and and I've had the opportunity of of working very closely with Nationwide over the last you know five or six years, um, ever since we kind of found each other in the world. And I've I've always been very impressed at how they don't just say it; they they do it and they show up. They, they yeah, show up. They right? live it. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and it it it. it it's good. It's really, really good. And they are the number one, you know, insurer for farms and ranches in the country. And, um, it's, it's really important to show up in your communities and to, to be there and to do the right things. Um, you know, whether it's learning about water quality and helping people understand the issues or, or, you know, grain bin safety or whatever the topic might be at the time. Right. So, well, thank you for giving your time to all of the boards. I, I, I very much believe that, again, that there needs to be diversity in thought and in gender and in ethnicity and, and all the things, right? Like it, it makes us better as any organization um, when we have those, those types of people in leadership positions. But, but as it relates to women... I think across the industry, um, you definitely, it's, it's not like half of every board is, is made up of women, right? There aren't women and, and enough women in a lot of these leadership positions. Um, and so I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, kind of pushing through that and, and what you think it might take for more women to, to step outside of their comfort zone and, and to, to be a part of more organizations and, and leadership um, opportunities like this. Okay, well, um, one of the things as you were talking about it, I think um, whether it's a cooperative board or, or a corporate board, I, a food company board certainly should have women on their board. Mm-hmm. 90% of the food in this world is bought by women. Yep. And to not have a woman or several women on your board is just inconceivable to me. But... Um, 
with that, how how do we get people on? I mm-hmm. you know I was visiting with a um, large regional dairy cooperative, and their um, chair board chair said, "How do we get more more people interested in our boards?" And I said, "Well, first of all, you're leaving out half your population. Mm-hmm. You're not asking the female side of the business." to run for boards. And, and, you know, it was like he never thought of that. Yeah. And, it, it, you know, he went home with that thought in mind. But I think, one, people need to start asking. Yep. And, and considering that there are, there's a spouse, there's a daughter, there's a sister that could be very well informed in the business. Yep. And you're really missing out when you don't ask them. Yep. I agree with that. But, but the other thing, you talked about it, you put yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And and I have, and it's not easy sometimes to put yourself out there because I haven't been successful every time I've uh, attempted a board position opportunity. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it was, a, what do I want to say? It was a good experience. It was a learning experience. I learned about myself. I learned about the company. And I think um, sometimes we're our own worst critic as far as am I, do I have enough experience? You know, do I have the right talents? Well, people want to ask me. But I, I look at ag and I look at the women involved and I think there's so much talent out there. And so we also need to support the women out there and encourage them. Yeah, yep. I, I love that. I absolutely agree. Uh, there are two sides, two, two sides to this equation, right? And, and the asking is important. Um, I think, I don't know the exact statistics, but I've read it time and time again, where, you know, if, if there's a job opening, like, let's say 70% of the women will assume that they maybe aren't quite ready for that, right? Even when they may be, but a higher percentage of the, of the men assume that they're ready for that position, right? And um, it's just kind of like a little bit of wiring in us. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure why, but um, you know, asking, making sure that someone knows that you think that they would be a good uh, option for that board from the board side is, is absolutely true. And, and yes, yes, yes. You know what, if, if you think you might be interested in doing it, you might as well put yourself out there and give it a try or, or throw your name in the hat. What do you have to lose? Right? Yeah. And I think there's so many avenues that women can become involved uh, whether it's commodity groups, co-ops, social media, uh, women in ag and extension are great places, Farm Bureau. And I think politics really needs the ag voice. And I have found when I've been in Washington, D.C., as a female in agriculture, my comments are remembered and referred back to because mm-hmm. there just aren't very many of us that get there and express our concerns and our needs. Yeah. Well, that is an interesting perspective that maybe maybe you're listened to a little bit more in those situations because you are one of the more unique voices in the room. So that is, I I love that. I absolutely love that. Um, So, Sue, 
what traits do you think that maybe you have um, in, you know, if you've pushed through challenges or pushed through difficulties um, in in rising into um, leadership positions or, or, you know, growing in an organization or uh, starting your own uh, small business? You know, what are some of the traits that you think are really important for for people to, um, you know, foster within themselves? Well, I think you have to have a plan and work at a goal. And see, every every opportunity you should seriously consider. And when you get those opportunities, you need to network. You, you know, I'll have gone, maybe I'll have gone to a leadership class somewhere, and there are other board chairs from other states. Well, you pick up the phone six months later and say, I'm having this issue. Have you run across it? Or, you know, we're staying in touch on social media or sending articles back and forth. And and so I think network, you can't network enough. And I was lucky to find a couple mentors that one of them, the first man that hired me suggested me for the first board position I was on. So, um, you know, giving finding someone that you relate to and can learn from, and and I was given that first step up by a mentor. So, yep, yep. I think that's really important. It absolutely is, and it's so hard when you know. I think back to when I was in my my early twenties and and looking at how I was going to move forward in my career and what I was going to do. I don't think I could. I could have known that, you know, putting yourself out there, networking, you know, building relationships with people like over time, those things all just grow and, and they, each one brings something to you. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think, you know, um, you know, going to that networking event that seems like, gosh, why am I doing this? I, I you know, I'm going to have to go talk to people that I don't know. And sometimes that feels like too much, right? I can't say that anything bad has ever come out of one of those opportunities that I've, I've gone and engaged in for sure. Um, and I think the same thing with boards. I think every board has added something to my knowledge, to my experience that I've taken on to the next board. And it's, it's not, I mean, obviously you have to be very careful not to share information. You shouldn't, right. but it can be, well, I've seen this done in in this instance, and maybe this would work at this company, you know, type things. And um, it, it all just adds value, whether it's whether it's networking, a board experience, um, a job, just seems to continue to build on that net worth of experience. Yeah, for sure. So... Um we we touched a little bit on adversity and, and tough things and being someone who's not too far down the road from you, I know that you uh, likely experienced the very unique storm that we had in Iowa last year called a derecho, which I'd never even heard of that word, honestly, before that happened. But um, I happened to actually be leaving a farm. Aaron and I were, were in my car driving. And normally when you hear there's a thunderstorm, right, like even a severe storm, like there's a little bit of wind that blows through at the front end of it. Um, and, you know, that then you're through it. And this was so very different and it was so very devastating uh, for 
many people throughout the state of Iowa, um, including farms, farmers from from the crop perspective to downed buildings, um, grain bins, you know, you name it. So uh, I, I honestly have I don't remember ever being so scared uh, as we sat it out in my car. Um, and, and so it, it was just an incredible the amount of damage that the storm caused. Um, can you tell me a little bit about what your experience with the derecho was? Well, my experience was very mild. We were right on the edge of it, but I certainly watched it. And having been a seed dealer, I always watch storms go through because you always worry about crop. Uh-huh. Even though I'm not a seed dealer today, it will it will last with me because we have our own crop. So I was out, you know, locking doors and putting vehicles away. But yeah. before that happened, I had been on the phone with a, a young lady that I was encouraging to get involved in a board. Mm-hmm. And when I called her, I said, do you have time to talk this morning? And, and she said, I'm, I'm doing chores. And I looked at the radar and I said, I'll let you go. I'll call you later. I know you're racing ahead of this storm. And I watched the radar and I, I knew where she lived and I knew that the ratio hit their farm mm-hmm. full force. So I texted her when I told her I would call her back and said, I'm not calling you today. It looks like you probably have a lot bigger things to worry about. And her text to me was, we were just destroyed. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, it just, I just felt so bad for her. And um, so... I felt, I mean, I was fortunate, but I know people went through a lot with this. So, and picked up for a long time and are still remembering what they've gone through. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll I'll never forget uh, the images. I know they made their way onto national news of these huge grain bins, huge bins that were just folded like, um, you know, like nothing, like, like somebody crumpled them up and it's just so hard to, um, absorb like how that can happen. Um, and I, oh, go ahead, I sorry. think, you know, as we, as we build a, a lot of them are new bins, a lot of them are empty bins. And I think as we, from a cooperative ex- exposure, I think, as we look at keeping up facilities and building new facilities, cost ex- escalate. And you look at not necessarily shortcuts, but economical ways to build things. Mm-hmm. And and maybe we need to rethink some of that. Yep. I think we also need to, you know, look at our, our risks and um, are we properly insured and and I know we sit down once a year with our nationwide agent, and, and we look through that, and we update. And, and so having really good agents, knowledgeable, responsible, have been a big difference in how happy people are with their recovery of their losses. Absolutely. I, um, you know, we've been in a remodeling mode in our house for a number of months now. And, and you always have those decisions of, well, here's what I want to spend. But if, if I spent this much, this is what it would mean uh, to us in the long run for energy costs or, you know, this, that, or the other. And, and I think with grain bins, like, especially when we see, um, 
weather patterns, you know, getting getting what feels like uh, more intense, right? With storms that that bring more damage than you could have ever anticipated in the middle of the country. Um, that these are things to think about, right? And and, and um, having someone on your side to, to think about and talk through those with. And uh, Nationwide has a uh, initiative called Ben Strong, and it, it gets right to these things, right? Where it's like, what could you do when you're building a new bin that might make it that much stronger so that it can withstand? Because it's, it's great to have insurance and it, it's great to know that there's people on your side, of course, but I think we all would want to be in the situation where we don't have to use that insurance, right? Because it's, it's uh, things like this alter your life in, in many terrible ways, right? And right. So your ability to serve your members. Absolutely. You know, I mean, the corn blew down too, so... Yeah, the people that lost bands probably didn't have the demand for them they would have. But had the corn survived, where would they have put it? So yes, it's there's a lot more to your risk management than just rebuilding the bin. And how much do they go up every year? Are you current on your values and your coverage? So. Absolutely. Right now, it feels like everything's shifting swiftly in the price of building anything, right? So I know, two by fours. Yeah, right. Gold. Right. Right. So who knows what's next? But um, but no, seriously. So uh, we'll put this in in this episode notes where you can uh, look up this Ben Strong initiative and and read a little bit more about uh, some of the ways that maybe people could rethink how structures are built to make them a little bit stronger, especially as, as we talk about mitigating risk and, and these types of storms and the weather patterns that we're seeing. Um, so Sue, this is, this has been wonderful. I I have another question uh, for you that I I ask almost everybody that I I talk to, whether it's here on uh, farm hair talks or maybe in one of our stories or, or on the TV show. So what piece of advice would you give a young woman who's listening to this, someone who might feel like she's ready to put her hand up or do more, but but she's not quite sure. What piece of advice would you give her? My biggest regrets are when I haven't taken an opportunity I was offered. When I look back and say, I was being offered this opportunity and, and I thought I didn't have time or maybe I didn't take it seriously. So I think embrace your opportunities um, something that I don't think was available as a young woman or I thought about was having a coach or a mentor to really get your ideas and your values um, planned. Set that goal, you know, follow back, see if you're, if you're living your plan or not. So I, I think those are... The two things I would say, and then, like you said, speak up, because um, I'd love to help women find a passion in ag and and a way to serve agriculture. We can't have too many voices out here supporting agriculture. Absolutely. And we, we absolutely cannot. So those are all wonderful words of advice. And, and I know that I, because I just did this myself and it's something um, I've really kind of gotten into connecting more on LinkedIn. And uh, I recently mm-hmm. connected with you on LinkedIn and it's a great way to, you know, forge some of those professional relationships or reach out to someone when, um, you know, you might want to ask them a question or, or engage in some sort of conversation for sure. So, um, 
Thank you for accepting my invitation. Thank you. Uh, thank you for uh, talking with us today on Farmer Talks. This is this has been good. And I think it's, um, you know, if if that girl out there is listening and, and hears your story, I know it, it'll help open paths uh, to others who are who are thinking about getting into something like this as well. Well, and I, and I have to say all these experiences, you know, there's friendships involved. Uh, there's, there's travel, there's mental challenge, and it really has added value to my life and my outlook. And, and I will encourage women and say, I have gained so much more than I've, than I've given in this effort. Those are great uh, parting words of advice. You'll get more than you give. I love that. Well, Sue, thank you again. This has been a a really enjoyable conversation. Well, thank you, Margie. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Sue is an inspiring woman, and I know we all have something that we can learn and take away from that conversation. So just to wrap this up, you can find out more of our Farm Her Talks Everybody Eats Stories by going to our website, farmher.com slash everybody eats. So check it out. We've got lots of great stuff over there and I will talk to you next time on Farm Her Talks.